The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Trying to find a bigger purpose in my life, and I think I found it, man. I just want to inspire everybody. Louise Pena. I love Jersey. I'm a Jersey kid. I'm one of your own. Got a bunch of Jersey animals in the house. They better hire extra security. Jersey, I freaking love you. There he is, Greenbrooks, Mickey Gold. When they contract, I expand. When they expand, I contract. And when there is an opportunity I don't hit, it hits all by itself. Platinum Mike Perry. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. I should have made for Adam. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I just took a couple of minutes getting ready. We have a yes. busy show today. We got Luis Pena uh, on the show. We have Mickey Gall and Mike Perry. They are the oh, event. Yeah, Platinum. Sorry. They're fighting. They're fighting. Co-main event. Saturday, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to talk to both of those guys. This is going to be fun. I know. Jimmy, why are you smiling? Because I'm looking forward to talking to... Uh, to Mickey and to, and to Perry. And we haven't talked to and, Mickey in a little while. And I always enjoy Mike and he's, he tweeted the Instagram, that weird video of just his knuckles bloody and him and bleeding. his head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also he's not, and he's just having his, uh, his girlfriend be the corner. Yeah. His 22 year old girlfriend or whatever it is like that. Uh, I think it's a, you know why I think that's a good thing. I know I'm, I don't judge. I do judge a little because you got it. You know, yes, our opinion on it. And this is the thing, Jimmy. Normally, I would think it's silly. Mike Perry's got that street fighter in him, you know? Most of the times he gets to a scrap, who's he, what voice is he going to hear? His coaches aren't going out and getting into trouble. He right. probably his girlfriend off to the side. He's going to be right at home. Yeah. You know? I'm not worried about it. I think it's. I think it's actually hysterical. Jimmy, he's having his wife, his, his young girlfriend is going to be cornering him. I know. What do you, I think, know. About, what do you think about that? You know, I, I, I didn't realize it was his 22-year-old girlfriend. I guess this is different than the girl he dated last time. Well, uh, that was his wife. Wasn't his wife? Oh, was, was he married? married? I don't even remember. I thought or it was fiance. his girlfriend. No, I don't know. Maybe it was his girlfriend. I don't, maybe they weren't married. But they were getting close to it. <laughs> but now he's got to... What's that? He's done with coaches. He's, He's done, done with it, man. He seems a little like uh, angry. I want to see what's up. Listen, I never like to 
you know, judge a guy the, the week of their fight if they're angry or not. Sometimes guys need that to get in that cage. Yeah, and sure. That, you know? I'm going to ask him, Yo, tell him why you're mad, son. Yeah. Should I say that? Because I know he likes he does. rap music. And Should I say that or is that trying too hard? You don't need to say that. I was going to say it like this. Say you're Mike Perry and you're a little angry. Man, Mike Perry, man, tell me why you're mad, son. Does that sound a little too forced? No, no. It's perfect. Very organic. Thanks, Jimmy. I love it. I mean, I might use that. But no, it's funny. He is calling Mickey Gall a little, little white boy from Jersey. And he called him a weak opponent. Call him a little white boy, though. That kind of, that's kind of confusing. No? Yeah. I mean, it does... Um... I mean, it's the pot calling the kettle white. <laughs> I mean, exactly. the white guy. He's freaking, he is so funny. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some news. Okay. I mean, we can start with our, our uh, Josh Emmett. I mean, really rough, complete ACL tear and uh, on, other injuries. He had a rough, I mean, we, he had a, a partial uh, MCL sprain with a partial tearing and a Baker's cyst rupture. A focal impact fracture of, uh, sorry, fracture of fracture, uh, fracture on the femur. And a uh, uh, problem with his tibia. Um, and he's got like a 180-day medical suspension, which is six months. Uh, and he was talking about a fight at the end of August. Dana wanted him to fight at the end of August. So he went in for his, uh, I guess, his, uh, his, uh, his scans. And it was just, it was probably worse than he had imagined it would be. We talked to him. He was still kind of hopeful. Sometimes I get freaky and I play just the tibia. <laughs> Uh, I miss you so much. Listen, uh, that's listen. You yep. knew the second it buckled, you sort of look in his face that sh- something is wrong. He knew, yeah. And the, he had the worst type of guy with with uh, Shane Burgos in front of him to have that happen because he's constantly in your face, right? You know, so big, you know, big, big props to, to Josh Emmett, man. I mean, that, that is that is wild. That is wild. That's wild. Oh, wait, shit. Speaking of wild, I'm a good segue guy. Violent, uh, Violent Bob Ross is coming in. Yeah, that's a great call name. You call him Louis Pena because everybody calls him Violent Bob Ross. Well, I'm ready to talk to him when you are, Jimmy. I'm ready right now. What's up, man? Good to talk to you. Nice to have you on. Dude, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I can't lie. I'm actually super, super excited to be on because uh, I'm a huge, huge old school O&A fan. Oh, cool, it. man. Thank you. Jimmy no, thought you were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. Like, I, uh, like literally, I don't, I don't really watch TV or uh, Netflix or anything like that. I just do all my entertainment off YouTube. So I just watch all, pretty much all my entertainment is just watching old clips of Jim and uh, Patrice on Yes. O&A. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, that stuff, uh, it's amazing. People will quote stuff or like, like stuff. I forget it as soon as we said it. And they'll be like, yeah, you said that. And I'm like, it's a clip that's 12 years old. So I'm happy that stuff still makes people happy. Thank you. Oh, no, it, it is crazy, too, because it's like, I don't think you guys realize, like, I'm 26. When, all, when, when y'all were doing all that stuff, like, I was a kid. So it's like reaching a completely new generation now. Yeah, I'm amazed by how many people who heard it live, uh, you know, became fans. And then, yeah, right, younger people like yourself, it, it is just from the fact that it lives online. That's why I'm glad that stuff is there. Because um, I'm not really putting out much new. So I'm happy that the old shit is there. Just something to keep me alive. Yeah, no, no. Like, I'm a huge, huge fan of your work, Patrice's work. I hate that it, uh, that you know, it all fizzled out the way it did. But that was actually yeah. pretty entertaining and good radio as well. 
Yeah. And then uh, guys dying, you know, Patrice and Otto. I mean, it's just, it just sucks. Yeah. All my friends. That is wild that people do get, I, you know, it's funny that you said that Lewis, cause uh, I got into those shows too. After I really got to start working with Jimmy, I went back and started listening and I'm like, man, this is with Patrice O'Neill, Bill Burry's to visit. Oh, right. Yeah. It was such a good time, all, man. It was one of the great, like, if you got Patrice and Bill Burr on ONA, it's probably some of the best radio content that's ever been made. Yeah, and it was long form, you know, because we went to Satellite before, we went in uh, October of 04, and Howard went in like January of 06. So we were there for a while doing long form stuff. Uh, I think ONA was like the first high profile like type of show like that to go to Satellite. And just doing long form, you know, hour, hour and a half without going to a break. It was like, you know, I think Joe credited Anthony because um, Anthony would do his compound show from home with actually inspiring him to do his podcast. Uh, Rogan had seen Anthony's home setup. It's not, that looks like fucking fun. I'm going to do that. No, without a doubt. I, uh, I definitely think the, the old O&A format kind of bred this era of podcasting we're in now. Like that was the, the first real big, like you said, it was the first real big long form radio show like that. And it was the first source of entertainment where it was just like, it felt like guys getting together and having a very entertaining conversation. You just wanted to listen in on. Yeah. And that's what it felt like too. You know, everybody just kind of, uh, just hanging out. There was never any bits, you know, like if you did a bit, exactly. you fucking murder you for it. I mean, all the bits that I listened to, they all were organic. You know what I'm saying? Like they just happened. They come. Right. And that was, that's sometimes that's the greatest material. Yeah. When you, when you, there's nothing worse. Like I'll go out and do radio shows now. Or I'll do an interview and they're like, uh, so what's on your mind lately? And I know they think I'm going to do a bit and I'm like, I don't know. What are you thinking of? Like, I can't do a stand up bit on the radio. It just feels too, and it's nothing to do with integrity. I have none. It's just the, it doesn't feel right coming out. I'm not good at it. Plus, it's like, how do you how do you really do a stand up bit on the radio without any audience? Like, there's a there's a cadence to to like doing stand up, you know, like you 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 have to like feed off the audience's feet, like reaction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, there's you can't really do that in a in a radio format. No, but a lot of the shows want it. You'd be surprised how many are disappointed when you don't give they want topics that they can ask you about. Are you talk about Trump? Talk about this? Talk about that? And this way you, they can just go. So, well, I hear you all went camping, and then you do your camping bit. That's how a lot of them are done. No, I, no, I, I mean, I don't really get it, but I can understand because, like, every time I do something like this, whether it's y'all or you know, local news station, or whatever, all they ever want to do is talk about fighting. It's like, yeah, I get that. Sure. I'm, MMA fighter, but there are other things inside my life, you know. Where are you now? Are you? Uh, I guess I'm, you're in Vegas. No, I'm in Vegas at the hotel. Um, and where do you live when you're not in Vegas? Uh, I live currently in uh, Florida, South Florida, in Miami. Oh, okay. Are, now, were you worried with this whole thing, training, and all this with with COVID? I mean, because Florida recently has kind of ticked up, and how are you handling that? Um. So I was actually, uh, when all this first started going down, um, me and my girl, my girlfriend was going through some health issues and we had already planned to go to New Jersey to kind of like figure everything out for her. So like literally the week before they started implementing like lockdowns and and like the real heavy quarantine, we had already flown out to New Jersey. So I'd say for like the first six weeks of all this, I was quarantined in New Jersey just with her and her house, no matter what. And then when my managers hit me up and told me like, hey, they're thinking about maybe you fighting late June, late July, 
that's when I told her, I was like, look, babe, I gotta, you know, I gotta go back home and, and start getting ready. And then that was probably late April, early May. And uh, I flew back. And when I got back into, uh, into Florida, things were very like, it was, it was even more locked down. I feel than in, uh, in Jersey, you know, um, but for the most part, you know, just because of, of like me not wanting to, to risk things, I really haven't gone out that much since then. Um, I, I mean, we've, we've went to the beach a couple of times, but other than that, it's, it's I've, I've kind of tried to stay like semi quarantined. Yeah. It's just the boredom builds up. It just, you know, there's nothing <laughs> to fucking do. Like it just, you know, how I many I'm, I'm working out, but it's not like the same as even going to the gym. It's just, I'm going to someone's house and lifting Bowflex weights and then walking for the second half of cardio. Um, I, I told you to get some virtual reality. I mean, I'm having a party at the Sarah house. I never, looked. <laughs> I'm afraid I'll never come out if I do that. If, if, I, if I get into that map, plus it makes me dizzy and I get sick, but I'm afraid to go down that rabbit hole because I know I won't come back. Well, you came out a while ago, but listen to me. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Louis, uh, what, besides fighting, we'll get to the fighting in a second. What are some of your other passions, man? You seem like a deep dude. You really do. I don't know why I say that, but I think from whenever I hear you talk, I can tell there's more to you than just fighting. What's some of your hobbies? I appreciate that, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am a, an avid video game player. When you brought up VR, I was going to ask you, do you bring, have you played that new Walking Dead? You oh, know what's funny God. about that? I got it, but I can't turn right. So I have to literally turn all the way left. And it, once that happens to me, I don't, I don't know, and I'm not a tech guy. So I want to enjoy it, but then I just shut it off and I go back to the same game I always play. What do you have in virtual reality? What do you, what the system? Or do you have um, it? PlayStation. I got the PlayStation VR. Okay. Yeah. I got the Vive, the Vive Pro, if you ever heard of that. The Vive yeah, Pro. no, 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 yeah. Oh, man. So much fun, Lewis. You do a lot of the VR or no? I, I don't do a, a whole lot of the VR, but I, I have dabbled in it. That that uh, The Walking Dead one, I feel, is like the – the first game where it's like, all right, this is what I expected when yeah. they said VR. You know what I mean? Fix that shit. I gotta get it. They just got, yeah, no, they got to figure out a way because, like, I, this is, I get motion sickness a little bit when I do. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I did I've it heard. once. I got sick. Can you do VR with PlayStation too? Yeah, yeah, yeah they, oh, they have a whole um, their own setup. I'll tell you, man. I got it. I love it, Jimmy likes to bring up I'm number 12 in the world and stand out battle royale. It's yeah. a little embarrassing. I'm a grown man. Jimmy, I, you know what's funny? I was on Dennis Bermuda's podcast last night and I brought it up. Is that, listen, I've accomplished some things in my life. Is it bad that I'm, I'm bringing that up as a 46-year-old man? Not at Is all. Is that pathetic? Jimmy, Lewis doesn't think it's pathetic, but he's 26. Yeah. Jimmy, you're around my age. Is it, is it sad? No, okay. what, the, you're number 12? And, and the I'm first well. 11 are probably nine years old. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but, it's man, not true. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt because we're, we're, uh, we're picking up our bags yesterday and out of nowhere, Mike Brown and Dustin were, were just started talking about uh, Call of Duty Warzone. And Mike was like, dog, I, I, uh, I finally won my first, my first match last night or something like that. And so we're all, you know what I'm saying? And Mike was a former WEC champ. So it's like, Mike I don't Brown. see Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. See that, Jimmy? Jimmy, I'm not alone, man. No, I know. You know? I'm, I'm in the minority because I don't play any of them. So I know most people do, man. Most most guys do at least, and I, I know I'm in the minority. Are you on Twitch or anything, Lewis? Or no? I I am, but I just I don't I don't really. You don't give it no love. You gotta see. I'm a 
when I play video games, I want to get in there and do it for myself. You know what I mean? I'm not. Yeah, that's kind of what I do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm the kind of, and like, I, I don't play like the traditional games that you would think someone like myself would. I play a lot of like boring, like games like uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim or like. Um, oh, no, that's the, like the role playing. Like, like yeah, the, I, love, I like role playing yeah. stuff because I was a big D&D nerd as a kid. So oh, like, you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never oh, played. So cool. I, I didn't realize that was even. I thought that went away after a while. When once like people started getting. Did you grow up with a computer? Being twenty six. Yeah. No. 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 So I've. I mean, I've had a. I've had. I can't remember a time where like, well, when I had like conscious thought, you know, it, it was able to like, you know, um, thinking shit without just taking a shit in my diaper. Like I. I always remember having the internet. But oh, tabletop games never tabletop like stuff like Dungeon uh, Dungeons and Dragons never really fell out of out of uh, popularity because like there's just no no way to replicate that in a video game. All right, that's true. Man, I used to play. That's so funny that that someone your age would like coming up with that would still be around too. I was thinking the two Jimmy because I did that as a, like a real young kid. Like and it was uh, fun as hell. Yeah, you know, I shoot the arrow and see how many hit points and. Yeah, exactly. You go on a in your mind, obviously, with the imagination. It's a it was a fun thing. I, I listen. It's been fucking thirty uh, something years, but that shit was fun, man. How yeah. long would a typical Dungeons and Dragons game last? I mean, it depends. If you're going on like a real, like a quick campaign, it's probably one night. But if you want like a real, legitimate campaign, you could be going like a whole month. Jesus. But it's, I mean, it's not like a whole month straight. It's like, you know, we get together every every week and we'll go through and have like a whole like eight hour session, like once a week. And then, you know, like meet up. And you still do that or no? I don't do it as much, especially yeah. now with my UFC career and yeah. like moving around uh, a bit. You know, I don't have near as much, many like super close friends as I do like that anymore. But I have been trying to kind of like break into the tabletop communities of like the places I have been moving. Boy, isn't it like, is there, there's actually a board and stuff, but isn't some of it you create? I mean, I know nothing about the game. Is, are, what, what is, how do you win? Yeah, that's, see, that's all like, there is no like concept of winning in my opinion. It's all like up to the dungeon master, like the dungeon master. And in my, like for me, it's not about, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons to win. I just play okay. to have like, to experience, you know, something new. It's a, it's like a, like Matt said, it's a role playing game. So you go in there and you can be like a half elf, half, half orc that, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't, and that's another thing too. It's like, you don't have to play the game like uh like the way you would think like as a mage or you know uh Ranger. Scorpion, uh barbarian it's like i got one friend of mine who he always plays like a real sly like talkative person and every time he's in like a situation he just always rolls to try and like talk shit talk his way out of everything you know what i mean and, and it's you a can journey just, man it's yeah, you know, an adventure all, journey. all about the adventure have you been the dungeon master yeah, that's one of the most fun. Uh, one of the most fun positions. The only thing is, you don't get to play. Ah, oh, what do you do? So, um, think of the dungeon master as like the developer in a video game. Okay. So, like, he's the guy that, like, when you guys are going, when you're on your journey, he's the one that decides. All right, well, now you're gonna you you guys came up on this bandit camp or whatever, or like you get into a. a 
a uh, a town and you guys want to go to the shop for supplies, he's the guy that that says, "All right, this is what the shop has for sale." And then you know what I'm saying, all that kind of stuff. Oh wow, okay, so he yeah, he he's the guy who like, and it's all like a surprise. It's like it's like the before yeah, wow, okay, exactly. And like the dungeon master also writes like doesn't necessarily write the campaign, but they come up with the ideas for the campaign. Like a lot of people will take um, like pre-written campaigns that the D that uh, Wizards of the Coast have already like put out, and you know make their own changes to them. Now, what is the? It's gotta suck if you have a shit dungeon master, like a guy who's just not good at it. Like <laughs> they sell hats. All right, well, well, you know, there's there's just nothing going on in his campaign. That's gotta stink. Yeah, no, no. Like your enjoyment definitely depends on the. Uh, the quality of your dungeon master. Like if he's just not a, a good imaginative person, you ain't going to have a fun time. Now are there are in the country, are there like fucking people who are known to be great dungeon masters or is it just like a circle of friends thing? Or are there guys like nationally like, no, that guy's a great dungeon master. I'm, I'm sure there, there are, but like, as far as I do, it, it's just like a circle of friends thing. You know, we rotate the dungeon master. We are, that's how we used to do. We would rotate, you know, so like every campaign was someone new. Oh, okay. But there's yeah. one of you that you were probably all like, oh, oh, yeah. his turn yeah. stunk. Know, exactly. There's one dude that you know, like, all right, you know, maybe we got to throw him some ideas beforehand. And then there's always that one dude that you know you're going to have a good time. So what else besides video games? You don't paint at all, do you? That's just the Bob <laughs> Ross thing. Nah, that's just because of the way I look. I yeah. wish, man. So many people ask me about it. It's like I've thought, like, man, I probably need to just go ahead and learn it. But I, I don't know. I leave that. I, I used to be, I actually used to be a really, really good artist. I, I remember uh, when I was a kid, I used to win, like I won a bunch of like drawing competitions. Look at that. But I remember, I can't remember when, but there was like one point it felt like my creativity just left and I couldn't, like I remember I sat down to draw something one day at my desk in my, when I was a kid and like nothing came to my mind. And that's yeah. when I was like, oh God, I'm growing up. Yeah, because your imagination changes and it becomes things. Now, what were you bad at? Because I used to draw when I was a kid. Uh, I was not a good artist and uh, I could never draw hands. Like everyone I drew had their fucking hands behind their back or they were always relaxing. Like I could never draw hands were the hardest thing for me. Was there anything you sucked at or what were you great at? I was always good at animals. I could draw oh. animals really, really well, but it was faces. People's faces were always the hardest because it's like, the proportions and like, how do you make it look realistic versus like the, the style of art you're doing? Like, am I doing some cartoony, something more like Japanese something or like something more realistic? I just, it was just always like trying to figure out what I wanted to do with their face when I was made, when I was drawing like people. That was the hardest part. Without a doubt. What, what's the first martial art you started with Lewis? How old were you when you started training? Uh, my very first martial art was wrestling. I started when I was oh. 13. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And what about uh, jujitsu and striking? When did that come into the mix? I had never thrown a real punch or um, done any type of submission grappling until I started training MMA when I was 20. Oh, oh wow. wow. Okay. What yeah. motivated the start into wrestling? Was it just because you wanted to do something or were you getting bullied or... No, so I uh, I play. I went to when I was little. I, I so I grew up in Arkansas. I actually grew up in the same town as Bryce Mitchell. Oh, uh, okay. We knew each other, you know, we knew each other really well, and you know, football was a huge, huge thing in our town. And I was a good wide receiver, 
but there were, you know, without getting into it, there were definitely some racial prejudices in the, in the coaching staff. And so it got to the point where it was like, I was just fed up with having to deal with the politics of like, I'm just not getting any play because I'm, I'm, they don't want me to. So when I heard that wrestling, I heard like wrestling was uh, getting added to the school and that like the whole concept was the coaches can't pick like who's on the team. You guys just meet in the middle, wrestle it out. Like that was what was most uh, appealing to me. Like the coaches couldn't come in and just say, hey, I want this guy to be, uh, I want this guy in this weight class. It was always like, all right, we just going to see who's the best one. And that's what kind of made me like realize like I wanted to do that. So, cause you're six, three, I think. Right. Uh, which that's a great height for a wide receiver. Now, I don't know how big, like, you know, NFL wide receivers are, but that's a pretty good height. Uh, right? to be a wide I mean, receiver. Like I've always been tall. Like I'm talking, I, I was five eleven in like the eighth grade, you know? And I, I, I mean, I want to say I grew to like six foot one in, uh, in like, 10th grade, something like that. Man, how hard is it to make the weight? For her? Not That's... at all. It's not hard at all. I'm, uh, I woke up this morning at 166. I mean, wow. That's wild. I mean, one, uh, I mean, I fought it. I mean, I mean, for 163 for, a, even for a, um, a welterweight, that's, that's Yeah, tall. no, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty tall. Like, I, I, uh, I, I actually, I really enjoy it because um, I get thrown in sometimes with like some bigger guys just to give them a, a different kind of look. Yeah. So like, I get to train with guys like um, Shoeface, Car- uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. a lot, uh, Marcus Perez, you know, and of course, you know, the guys around my size, but it, it's really interesting because I get to see a lot of different uh, looks and a lot of different styles from, you know, the like the range of weight. Is, is that one of the reasons why you made the switch now? Because I know you were at AKA and then now you're at ATT, correct? Yes, yes, sir. Is, is, is that, is that what, what's, what's the reason with the switch? The training partners or? I'm, I'm, I mean, as hard it is for me to say, the biggest reason I had to make the switch was because of the, just the financial obligation out there in, in uh, California. I was living in Silicon Valley, you know what I'm saying? That's one of the oh, most yeah. expensive areas in the entire country. And it got to a point where it was like, I was, I, I had to figure something out and I didn't have, I really didn't have any other options left. And I was just like, after my last fight under AKA, I was actually living in hotels, like just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then my manager, I told my manager the situation and he was like, look, I know you love AKA, but top team wants you. They're willing to put you up in the dorms for, for, for very very cheap and it'll you won't have any you don't have to worry about anything as far as like rent and bills and nothing uh-huh. like that and so i i went talk to my uh my coaches at aka i talked to dc i told them the situation they gave me their blessing on everything and uh i had to make the move well look oh, man i was gonna fine. say really quick how are the dorms though you enjoy them are they nice Oh no, they're really, really nice. I, I mean, I've lived in a dorm for a year in college. I like the, I like it better than than that. And uh, I mean, we have a full like industrial kitchen, and I, I like to cook, so it's like really nice there. And uh, it's just nice for me because um, I'm the type of dude I like. I don't necessarily like to take my time with anything, but it's like I, I can wake up 
and go straight down to training. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to yeah. worry about waking up 20 or like Love it. two hours beforehand, yeah. getting ready, a 30 minute commute. Like, Hey man, man, 26, I was the same age as you. I was living in my school, my academy. So I know exactly what you're doing. That's fucking awesome. Extra man. 20 minutes of sleep is awesome. And dude, that's the, uh, and that's another thing too. It's like, before I got to where I'm at in the UFC, I was living, me and my best friend, who's actually, he's going to be in my corner for this fight. Um, we were living in our old gym in St. Charles, Missouri. And it was, it was like, we were living in a closet. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. go from that to, to the dorms at ATT is a huge, huge upgrade. That's awesome, well, look, man. Look, you guys are the, we have, I think Mickey Gall, we have him in one minute. Um, okay. The, but uh, you're the main event of the, uh, the prelims. Your fight with Kama uh, Worthy. It's going to be good, man. Yeah, man. And yeah, I'm um, excited. It's good talking to you. And uh, we got very, very sidetracked and didn't even get to talk that much about fighting. But uh, it's okay. You know, you know you're exciting. It was, a fun, it was a fun to talk about other stuff. No, without a doubt. Anytime you guys want me. We'll or definitely have you more. back on. We'd love to have you again. Yeah, we'd love to be on. All right, buddy. Good, great talking to you, man. You thought he was going to be a fan of mine. He switched it on us. He was a fan of yours. I was he goes, I'm going to tell you, not that I thought he was going to be a fan. What am I, an asshole? But, you know, he's a young fighter. Yeah. So he goes, can I just tell you, and I was starting to get, like, blush. Oh, come on, kid. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Come on. Don't make me. Come on. Did you watch the trigger? And then, booyah. <laughs> Did you watch the trigger? <laughs> <laughs>We do some break, uh, some picks. We might as well because you know what? Let's we start our picks. Guys to talk to. All right, who do you want to start with? Let's start with the main event: Poirier versus Dan Hooker. Wow, God, you you you, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to lead fight. into you want you want to lead with that one? We can lead into it from. Uh, I mean, if you want to, Sean Woodson against uh, Julian Arosa. We can yeah, start because I, I think people, if they hear our picks now, they might just tune out. I want them to listen to the whole thing. Okay, and the fight at a catch weight one fifty. Um, um, catchway. Let me see, Julian Erosa. Yeah, what's it beat? Uh, oh, by a unanimous decision. That's always see what's in seven and oh. Erosa's got more experience, he's uh, he's got 30 fights uh, under his belt. Well, I bet you Erosa wants to erase the last couple of fights, if you ask me. Um, ah. 
Jimmy, come on, man. Sean Woodson. Sean, Sean Boy, the dungeon master really got us off track on that one, didn't he? <laughs> You're going to walk into a room, it's going to be very quiet. Saying, come on, man. That was, I like it, man. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Sean Woodson by, I'm going to say Sean Woodson. First round KO. I said it. it. I said it. You roasted the decision. Oh, ooh, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Jimmy. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Look at me. Gian Vellante, also known as John Vellante, also known as the heartthrob. Yep. Versus Maurice Green. Now, look, I have to go with Vellante. I have to. I wasn't a part of his camp, so I could make a prediction also. Okay. Arm lock from guard. Nah, he doesn't really like the jiu-jitsu as much. I'm going to say... This is what I'm going to say. What do you say? Uh, Even though Maurice Green is going to be very dangerous because he's coming off two losses, uh, a TKO and a sub, so neither was even a decision. Uh, I'm going to say my first thing was to say uh, Volante by second round stoppage. Um, because he's coming off, uh, you know, first round uh, loss to uh, uh, Alessa Chuck. Uh, yeah, Volante second round stoppage is my prediction. Volante first round knockout. I'm getting fucking nuts. I'm getting nuts. That man's nuts. Grab him. I don't know. All right, what else do we got? We have uh, Brendan Allen against Kyle uh, Daukas. I think that's his last name. He's his UFC debut. He's 9-0. So he's coming off. uh, He's got an undefeated record. 9-0, we don't know too much about him. So we'll take a chance if you pick him. You know? Yeah. I'll tell you right right now, Brendan Allen's last couple of fights in the UFC are looking nice. We also saw last week first fights in the UFC can go so remarkably left to right. Like it doesn't, there's no way to call how somebody is going to handle their first walk. Um, You know, not that Max handled it poorly. I don't think he handled it poorly. Again, a 10 day camp is kind of hard to, to say, but James was just so, so good. Uh, But again, he handled it by coming out knowing he, he had to do it fast. So I'm babbling. I I don't know. I don't know how. Um, Dachau or Dachas. I'm not sure how to say his his last name, so I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. I'm going to say Brendan Allen has that UFC experience. You understand? Yep. And uh, I'm going to say that might make the... What a young guy, too. Shit. Uh, I'm going to say Brendan Allen by decision. Okay. Yeah, you know what, Matt? I'm going to go with you on Brendan Allen by decision. Sure, sure. Maybe like a little piggy, you want a little piggyback? Yeah, I was going to say that anyway. We will do, let's do Poirier Hooker. We can do Mike Perry, Mickey Gall after, because I want to, before we do, I, I like both oh. of those guys so much. And, and the interesting uh, I'm not going to give Jimmy, I wouldn't rat you out. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that. It's, it's a very hard fight to pick because Perry's coming off a couple losses. Uh, and Mike Perry is such a dangerous guy. Um, Don't forget to ask him how you, what you're going to ask him. Tell me why you're mad, son. Oh, why are you mad, son? I like the way you say that, Jimmy. Why are you mad, son? Listen, 
this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say Dustin Poirier. I, I just, I don't know how to pick that fight. How do you take I mean, Poirier? I mean, Poirier, besides, you, you take away the Habib fight and the Connor fight. I mean, look at, look at that. I mean, Max Holloway. Look what he did with Max. I mean, who does that to Max? I know Max fought up, but still, you know. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm going to say Max, third round stoppage. Max? It's not fighting. I would agree with you if he was fighting, Matt. But he's not <laughs> Why would I? Who the fuck is brittle? Max who? I don't know why I said that. I'm, I'm not Rushkoff. I'm thinking you mean... No, 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 I don't know why I was reading Max Holloway. I'm going to say Dustin Poirier, third round stoppage. I don't know. Listen, man. Sometimes you got to get wacky, man. Sometimes you got to say, look, this is a guy that, that, that stopped uh, uh, Justin Gaethje. He did stop decision. Justin. Yeah, it was rough. Hooker decision. But uh, I'm saying Hooker. Da-da. No, I can't go against Dustin Poirier. I can't. Well, sounds like you just did. I don't know. That's a really tough fight. Mickey, how? Listen, I'll tell you right now. Mike Perry is quite the character. He's got a, you know, he's, he's one of those loose cannon type of guys. He's got a lot of buzz around him because he's an entertaining guy. Uh, a lot of talk about this fight. This is a huge. This will be a huge feather in your cap. You take out uh, Mike when Perry I take this out. weekend. When, when I, I take, take out Mike, Jersey okay. tough. Yes, Fucking sir. Jersey tough. What do you What do you make What do you make of uh, of Mike Perry? And what do you make Look, of him calling you a little white boy from Jersey? Whatever. <laughs> I am a I'm a white boy from Jersey. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be bigger than him. I know I'm bigger than him though. So I just I just see him. Uh, but not nah, I. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a low key Mike Perry fan. You know, I think he comes to fight. He's exciting. He, he he's violent. He brawls. Uh, but I, I'm gonna take him out. I have no doubt. I I can, and I have no doubt I will. His takedown defense is better. That like you know, every fight it seemed like he was getting better with takedown defense. Uh, had you noticed that in his last couple of fights? Um, I maybe I don't know. I didn't see too many guys really shooting on him, but uh. You know, my wrestling's gotten better, but my stand-up's gotten better. I, you know, I've gotten better all around. Uh, I'm not really worried about what he's doing at all. Like, I, I know that everyone's making a big deal about his corner and all that shit. Like, I know all – I'm, I'm going in there, you know, knowing what I did. And I know I did all the work. Uh, I did all the right things. Uh, you know, my weight's great. My, I'm very prepared. I'm, I'm peaking right at the, le- at, right at the right time. Started pe- like feel like really feeling the peak and start last Wednesday. I was just ready to go, bros. So you had a really good camp, it seems. Yeah, you know, it was it was three weeks notice. Uh, okay. And but actually, I brought in the guy. We were actually talking about you last night. I have, I have Dorian Price with me. Oh shit, man! Dorian, yeah, Dorian Price, Price is a great Muay Thai. My house. Yeah, man, he lives and breathes Muay Thai. Uh, Dorian yeah. Price. He was on my season of the Ultimate Fighter season six when I coached for uh, Matt Hughes. And, uh, and he's such, was, such a great guy, Dorian Price. We, yeah, he's he's the man. Uh, we we were we were talking about that uh, earlier this week. Just talking about what a class act you are, how much uh, respect we got for you. Um, and that was, you know, that was like a special season for me. Like that was the first season I ever watched. Like before I was ever training, before anything. Like I became a fan of the UFC like through that season. You know, and Shit, I man. we were talking about we loved when. Uh, when Matt Hughes went up to shake your hand in the beginning, you're like, hey, bro, look, we, you don't like me. I don't like you. Let's just keep it real. And 
you know what I mean? Like uh, that was the best. That's like, you know, just uh, everything, you know, I like, thank you, Mickey. I appreciate that, man. I mean, I like that you guys are getting the spotlight right here uh, as, as, as uh, co-main. I mean, this is, this is, this is big and it's going to be a lot of eyes on you. And now you're passing a guy like Mike Perry in the hallway and stuff. This guy looking at you weird, ignoring you, being professional. How's he acting? Right. We haven't found out yet. Uh, I just got here last night. He got today. You know, I'm, I'll be ready for anything with this kid, but I, I have no fear of this kid. I think he wants to – I think he's like an insecure kid who wants to intimidate people. That's why he's got his face tattoos and his bullshit. But, you know, that, that shit works it when you're not that, – that, that don't work with me. That, that might work with dorks he meets at nightclubs, but that, that's, that's not going to fly with me. You're not – you know, there's going to be no fear uh, over here. No fear over here. You know, I don't care what he does. He can do whatever he wants. I, I just hope he doesn't try and start a fight to get out of the fight. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, I just hope he doesn't try and find a way out. I, I just, I just want, you know, I want to get there to Saturday night. Um, and I, and I, I, you know, I want, I want to smack this dude in the mouth. Somebody's game face doesn't do anything to you. Somebody who looks tough to a non-fighter doesn't bother you at all. Nah, nah, we, 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 nah, we do this shit for real. Like, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about him. I, he should be more worried about me. And you don't care about the corner stuff or any of that. I, what, like, you know, Diego tried it. What do you think it is? Do, do guys get to a point where they, they feel like their coaches aren't helping them or are they blaming coaches for things that are their fault? Did, I, I, don't, I mean, I'm not a fighter, so I don't know. I don't know either. All I know is I got a great team. I'm grateful for my coaches. And, dude, like, I'm great. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm the co-main event again. I'm, I'm, I'm living my fucking dream. I'm, I'm the co-main event in the UFC. I, I was that when I fought Sage. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been here before. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm living my dream, man. I, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And I, I'm doing all the right things. I got a great team at Gracie, New Jersey. You know, I'm going to have Elder Boley, Dorian Price, and David Adib in my corner. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my thing. I know, I know I got a great team, great coaches. So I can't control what he does in his preparation. I can't control who he puts in his corner. I'm not worrying about it. And you got the monkey off your back, man. You had that run, that's that fight with Diego. And, we, you know, we know that happened with all situations and reasons for that happening. You know, regardless of that, it's good to get back. Now, you're more comfortable now because you, you got to win in your last fight. So that leaves a little bit more pressure off, don't you think? Where yeah. you know, he's coming with a couple of losses. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. If, you know, it feels good to get a win. Uh I love to win. I hate to lose, you know, no matter what. So I, I, you know, I always put the same that I have that same pressure on myself. Uh, I, I want to perform. I want to show what I could do. Um, you know, maybe he's taking me lightly. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's this, maybe he's that, you know, I, I just know I, I feel great and I, I've done all the right things. How's our buddy David Adiv doing with his excitement? Listen, as another jujitsu guy, it's a rough times, man, especially, with the with the with the governors where we're at, you know what I mean, with Jersey and 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 New York and uh, New York, I mean it's a rough time for guys with gym owners and stuff. Well, what's what's your take on all that, Mickey? Not to get too political or whatever, but um, what the fuck? Yeah, man, it's been a little crazy. Uh, you you think we've been doing Zoom classes? You'd think I'd be better at getting on Zoom uh, today, <laughs> yeah. but like we we've been doing like some online classes and just trying to you know help out the students. Uh, I know everyone misses it. It's yeah. yeah, it's weird, man. You know, I, I didn't let this whole quarantine situation make me lazy. I didn't use it as an excuse to, like, you know, uh, just rest. And, you know, I, I've, I've stayed ready. I took a fight on two weeks' notice during this time that didn't pan out. Uh, and, you know, we got this one on three. And, uh, I, I, 
you know, I couldn't feel more, more prepared. And I'm glad, you know, I've been, I've been wrestling real hard with uh, Bilson, who I brought in the studio last time we were there, you know, training hard with LJ, with Dorian, uh, you know, everybody. I, I've been, I've been putting the work in. I've been running a lot. You know, I, I really think, you know, I'm going to be able to show my best self in there. How'd you get hooked up with Dorian Price, by the way? Because I know he was in Thailand. I mean, no. Yeah, so it was, it was, he's, he was in Thailand, and he was out uh, helping Matt Brown get ready for his uh, last fight. Yeah. And I met him out there. So I went out and trained with Brown, and, uh, and he, was in, he was bouncing around like Jersey and Baltimore. And then right as I got this fight, I was I, like, you know, we were talking about linking up, and then uh, he came and stayed with me, and it's been great. We're not, we're not letting him leave. That's good. That's good. Cause that guy's, yeah. he, he's been living it for as long as I, I've known the guy. So I like to see yeah, that. It's great. So you don't, you don't, are you, do you get worried about some guys handled this really like they, they're very nervous about it and you've flown to, I guess you're in Vegas now, right? You flew out already. Yeah. And yep. did you have any yeah, uh, hesitation about it or do you just not give a shit? Or are you totally not worried about it? About what? Like the COVID thing? Yeah. And just like, Oh fuck, I'm going to, you know, I got to be careful. I've gloves everywhere. Or are you more like I, whatever it is, it is. I mean, it's hard not to let a little bit of all this fear they're pumping out seep India. You know, we're yeah, we're wearing masks and spraying the hand sanitizer. I don't want, I don't want anything to take this fight away from me. Right. I, I, so you know, I'm being really careful. Yeah, it's it sucks, man. It's like, you know, like what I, I was saying, like you know, when you're a kid and like you hear you get like sex ed, and it's like every everyone you have sex with, you have sex with all those people. Now it's like every handshake I shake and every hug I yeah. give, it's like I'm hugging every person they hug. It's like it's, it's fucking with my with your mind a little bit. But for for the most part, you know, I, I'm a pretty cleanly guy. I, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wash my hands after I train and shower and whatever, you know. Yeah, I guess that really is all you can do. You can't let it bog you down. And because I mean, everybody's kind of in the same uh, boat and everybody's getting – have you been tested since you got there? Did they test you when you first came into the hotel? Yes, yes. It's yeah, unpleasant they tested. Bob, right? That fucking they, – They went in the throat. They oh. throat fucked me instead of nose fucking me. Oh, okay. I got both. I got both. <laughs> I got I got double fucked. Um, the throat's not as bad. I, yeah, I don't know why they're gonna do both. Like, what do you think? It's in my throat and not my nose. It's if it's if I got it, it's there. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it'd be an extra thorough unless you requested it. I didn't. No, I saw. I was like, no, 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 from the back, and like, so it's not that type of a <laughs> test, Jim. <laughs> Bro, hey, can I say? I almost want to start this off going, "Fuck yeah!" I, I listen to the Chip Chipperson shit, the Chip Chipperson show a lot. It, uh, Thank you. It's 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 like because it's, you know, a lot like I, I like listening to you guys, but this is like this is like MMA talk and stuff. That's what I do all day. I put yeah. a Chip Chipperson on just to laugh at the end of the day, and it, you know, I'll be like walking on the treadmill or whatever, just like. And, and I love listening to Chip Chipperson to, uh, bro, it's just so funny. It's nonstop laughs. It's all just, it's, and I love everyone on it, you know, Anthony, Bobby, Karen, everyone. And obviously you, Jim, I think I'm getting some Chip Chipperson, uh, fan artwork from my apartment. I'm putting, oh, Mickey, that's awesome. I'll make sure I'll, I'll send you something. I'll, I'll send you some of the, the live posters or whatever. And, uh, I would love to have you on. I, I know Chip would enjoy uh, talking, fighting, just a couple of fighters talking. He would love to. Yeah, have I would you. love that. I would love that. Oh, thanks. Man. I appreciate it. It's really nice to say. Jimmy, yeah. did you ever have relations with somebody as Chip? One time, years ago, I was dating a girl. What the fuck and, was that? Um, and she, uh, I, she sucked Chip's dick because he had <laughs> bombed. I, I, I was like, I, I didn't get any laughs. And she, she sucked Chip's dick, but he couldn't say hard. <laughs> Who couldn't? Chip couldn't. Chip couldn't, no. Chip uh, flopped. Chip. Yeah, it was a bust. It was a bust. Chip, Chip needs a blue chew. Yeah, but it does get exhausting, whether, whether it's fighting or whatever it is. If I'm out promoting a tour, whatever you're promoting. And we, 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 uh, we just had a, a Luis Pena on who was saying the same thing. Like, 
just talk about the same thing all day. There's only so many ways to talk about it where it remains interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so I appreciate uh, that, man. You get, always bring me a lot of laughs, for real. Really nice. Like, laugh out loud. I laugh out loud at that more than I do at any podcast. Oh, thanks, Mickey. That, that's yeah. very nice of you to say. I appreciate it. Yeah. No doubt. And you're staying in Jersey now, Mickey. You don't plan on moving back to the West Coast anytime soon. So I know you work with Joe Schilling and what. And what yeah, you know, I, I love Joe. He's like a big bro to me. Uh, yeah. I'm going to definitely go out there and train. Whenever he's got a fight, uh, I'll be out there to help him get ready. And, uh, you know, I learn more from him, train more at the yard and uh, muscle farm out there. I, I made a lot of, you know, I got a whole, whole little L.A. family out there, too. Cool, so man. I'll be trying, you know, which is great. I get to travel back and forth, but I can't leave Jersey, bro. I can't really leave know. Jersey, bro. I, I, I'm a Jersey boy. I, I, I'm Jersey forever. It's like you know what I'm saying? Island. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're Long Island boy. Same thing. Oh, it's we had a, we've been having Dennis uh, Bazooka. I'm not sure exactly yeah, who says that. Bazooka. Yeah. bazooka. Yeah, dude, he, he's great. He's been coming down the gym. That was a great win for Aljo the, the other night. Thanks so much, that man. That was a great and win. You, you know Al- we're always rooting for you guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're like extended family, man. We love you, Mickey. You know that. It's Can't always good to watch having this you fight. Thank you. Likewise, boys. And uh, we'll talk to you afterwards, man. Good luck. Have a great fight and uh, you know, stay healthy out there. Thank you, guys. Much love. Always a pleasure. Later, brother. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's up, Mike Perry? Yeah, chilling, bro. What's up? Come on, man. Are you are you are you getting sick of the uh, the press? I mean, we. I mean, how is it? I mean, it's probably press all day long, but it's part of the show, no? I try to spread it out. You know what I mean? Uh, yesterday, I was talking with Helwani. I don't know, man. I don't care. I don't believe that people. I mean, I don't get that people even want to talk about this shit. All they want to do is go online and talk shit. Does it bother you, Mike, like guys who will talk a certain – because, you know, you're a face-to-face guy. You, you handle your problems in the cage. Does it bother you, the online culture of people who will say things anonymously or say things that they would never say to you? I mean, look, I just keep posting more shit for them to talk shit about and, and more shit that they'll never say to my face. They got to live with that at the end of the day. Uh, one, they won't get the chance to even see my face. And two, if they do, they'll bow the fuck down like they always do. Um, people always calling my name out and acting like they're big fans. And uh, I remember when Mickey Gall was talking trash, calling me out a little while ago. And now he's doing interviews because the fight's been signed. And he's like, oh, I'm a low-key Mike Perry fan. Yeah, all right, bud. Well, uh. <laughs> 
Don't forget that shit you was talking, boy. Yeah, he was. We just talked to him, and he actually said that to us. He said that he was, uh, you know, he's confident, but he said that he he likes you, and he's a, uh, you know, he likes your. Uh, he's, he's he said low key Mike Perry fan. That was the term he used. Yeah, we'll see how he likes me after I punch him in the face a couple of times. Yeah, that would that would change somebody's feeling. Mike Mike Perry, <laughs> you got enough friends, right? Is that what it is? You don't need no new friends. I mean, nah, bro. I don't got any friends. I don't have. I have one person in my life. That's it. I don't have any friends. And, uh, you know, I was thinking like some of the, I was thinking about Ariel Helwani, man. And I was like, you know what, bro? I feel like I, you know, they be asking questions sometimes, personal stuff. And I'm like, I thought this is fighting, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they, they smile in your face. And then they say, you know, they hope that they don't up. They, he texts me after the interview. He's like, I hope I didn't upset. I'm like, what are you talking about? I get you just, you're just fishing for bait, you know what I mean? And, and like, at the end of the day, it's like he's kind of one of those guys that's like he's, he's going to talk that trash behind your back. And then when he sees you, he's just going to be all smiles and like, oh, man, I hope that everything is okay. And he's he doesn't give a fuck. You don't give a did he talk trash though? Did he? Uh, did you say talk trash? Was it? Uh, was it trying to analyze the fight? And again, I didn't hear it, so I don't know. Was it analyzing the fight, or or was it saying things that were genuinely negative? No, it's not analyzing the fight, and it's real sneaky stuff. It's real sideways shit. Like he'd be so nice, and then, uh, you know, after we do an interview, he posts a picture um, that I feel like was, you know, it was kind of just. It was for me a little bit. And, uh, you know, I just, that people are so sideways, bro. Like they smile in your face. And as soon as you turn around, they want to stab you in the back. And everybody is like that. Like, uh, like everybody I fuck with in the world. That's why I don't fuck with nobody because they're all just, just trash, bro. And I, all day I read comments about how, they used to be Mike Mike Perry fans, or or a lot of times it was, oh, I wasn't a fan at first, but now you're growing on me. Well, y'all just flip flopping all the time, bro. If y'all was gang members, Bloods and Crips, bitch, somebody gotta kill your ass. Did you ever think like, and I've had I to do this love it. such noise that the internet can be like? Do you ever just not read the comments, only because it's other you're give, you're letting other people into your room. Like you have a private hotel room there, and that's like letting everybody in just to go like, blah 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 and yell in your ear, and it's not worth it because it doesn't mean anything. Sometimes just turning them off or just ignoring them for the sake of your own peace of mind does help. Yeah, I mean, I turned off the comments on my page except for people that I follow. Um, I recently did that because you know I was saying on Twitter I was like, man, y'all should have to pay me to talk this shit to me, especially from a safe location. And, um, you know, I, but also I'm like, I'm not going to let y'all stop me from some of the shit makes me laugh. Some of it is funny. I really don't a lot of it personally, but, um, you know, like discussing rape threats, you know what I mean? And y'all talking about y'all talking about my woman, the girl that I care about and shit. And y'all should like, I want to fucking kill you, bro. If you ever said some shit like that to my face. I would knock you the fuck out and get away with it. You wouldn't even remember what happened when they wake you up. You wouldn't be able to say who did what because I'd be gone 
and I'd be somewhere else having another drink. I'm fucking tired of this shit, bro. And y'all want to be my fans and y'all want, I'm just like, uh, it's okay. It's like, they use me like, um, like a, what? I don't know. Like a board, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we're just going to put these notches up here and, and fucking, they're just bored. And they just trying to find something to do with their miserable lives. And while I'm going out and I'm shopping and I'm chilling with my girl and we walking around and enjoying the world, they're sitting at home or at work and they're on their phone reading or watching me. You know, and we, we forget that sometimes when people are saying ignorant things or shitty things that you know they'd never say to you. As much as you know that, they know that too. Like a guy writing and sending that also knows deep down he would never say that. If you were, so he has to know that he's doing something that he can only do from home, that he would never have the balls to do in person. That shit, that type of thing don't happen around me because I'll do something about it. You know, man, I got off Twitter a while ago. It's too fucking negative. And I don't like people coming at me again. I, I, I understand what you're talking about, Mike. I don't like people talking negative to me when they wouldn't say that shit to my face. I know exactly what you're talking about. And let me tell you, a lot of people giving you shit about who you have in your corner, you're just having your girl in the corner. I think it's a fucking good thing. And let me tell you why. You're, you're a street guy, Mike. You might, you're most likely getting to something in the street. Whose voice are you going to hear? You're going to hear your girlfriend. You're not going to have your coach with you in the, at the fucking club. So you're going to be right at home. I'm not worried about you with, the, with just having your girl in the corner. I don't know if anybody ever told you that before, but I think it might be fucking fine and it might be right at home. You might be hey, right at home with that. Bro, it's nothing to it. And I've done this shit before. I've always been this way. Um, you know what I mean? And I, I know that when I go into that fight, it's just me. It's, it's always been just me. Ain't nobody there but me and the ref. And he ain't never thrown a punch. So uh, what can I do? It's, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to listen to his corner. I'm going to listen to the people in the quiet room. I don't know who's commentating, Cormier, Felder. I don't know this thing. And yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to fight, and it's going to be a great time. I'm 6-6 six and six in the UFC. This is my chance to show the world, to make history and tell them. It's always been platinum martial arts. I'm the fighter who made it to where I am. Nobody else helped me get here. I did this. Everybody who's been around me or I got to train with, they got to train with me. <laughs> I showed them things. And I let people hit me in the face for too long in the gym. Like, like it was okay. And I never complained. But they always cry when I fucking hit them back, bro. Do you, do you feel at all like, um, are you, because uh, Diego Sanchez went through that where he just had one person. Was there anything about a team or whatever that you just kind of feel like uh, you're not, you don't like anymore? Or was there anything that you just started to bug you about that uh, dynamic? Well, credit, for one, people want to give credit where credit ain't due. I ain't been at Jackson Wink in the longest time, and that's all people seem to remember and talk about is Mike Perry has been at Jackson Wink. No, I haven't. I haven't been there in, in a year and a half, two years. And when I first went and I fought Paul Felder, you think they showed me something in two months? No. I fought Paul Felder based on what I already had. And then when I fought Cowboy, that was time that I had been there. Between four to six months, I had been there training 
And and Cowboy was kind of setting me up. He's like that friendly guy who puts you under his wing, and then he's like, let's fight. And, like, he took me out on his boat and shit. And, like, I had a lot of respect for the guy. And it was like Mike Perry. It was, it was fucking Cowboy Cerrone versus Jackson Wink. And I was yeah. like, I don't care who wins this. I was like, <laughs> it's not me. I wasn't even involved in the conversation. And until I, until I take the L and then I realize this is me out here, um, you know, taking these risks or, or taking the heat when it's all said and done. So I got to just man up and bite down and do what the fuck I got to do because no one else is going to do it, but they're just going to sit there and talk about me doing it. You know what I like, Jimmy? I like that. My, this is the most, the irritable most that I've seen Mike Perry. And he's, you know what's good about that? He's in a cage Saturday night. That's what's fucking good about Mike Perry being pissed off, Jimmy. Because I see you getting a little nervous, Jimmy. Don't. Mike, he's, he's, he's friendly with us. Go no, on, I know. Don't worry. He's not addressing this to you, Jimmy. He's not treating to you like he treats Ariel. Ariel's a bit of a code holder. He's the guy who's saying, hey, uh, I heard Mickey Gall said this. Uh, there he is. I'll hold your coat. He's that fucking guy. <laughs> we're not that. We're not. We like to bullshit and have a good time. That other guy likes to stir the shit and be like, "Oh, it's my job," but whatever. I that's I just I can't stand that guy. But that's just me. <laughs> you know. But man, listen, I can't. I your fucking your face looks good. I saw something on Instagram. You had a cut and this and that. That's, you're all healed. Oh yeah, up. what what happened, Mike? I, we we only there was no story behind it. Your hand your hand was bloody. Your face was bloody. Was, was what, what had happened? Oh man, um, I was uh. <laughs> Go ahead, Mikey. I shit. I told the story uh yesterday, and he didn't even release it. And um, I don't know. I just what happened? Why didn't you release it? I don't know why he didn't release it. I thought it was a pretty good story. I was uh, I was saying it was a while back, and it was uh. It was a little, um, a bar brawl kind of, and it was against a couple of security guards. Bounces, huh? Yeah, a couple of bouncers in this club, and they was mad because I was in the bathroom peeing, and they were standing there like, they were standing there at the bathroom, and they were looking at me. They were mad already, and I was like peeing, and I was like, hey, how much do they pay y'all to stand there and watch me piss? And I just kept laughing, like, oh. So then when I went to leave, <laughs> I finished. And I went to walk out, like, this hallway. And they were both standing in the hallway. They had, like, moved over so that I had to walk between them. And, like, they were big. So when when I went to walk between them, they, like, pushed their bellies together and tried to stop me from leaving. And I fucking framed up on one and the other and headbutted one and punched at the other one with my left. I went to him again and I he moved and I hit the wall. And you know, and then I I did some training that day that I took that video on the bag and shit. And I busted up them all open. Hitting the bag, bare knuckle, and shit like that. Now, did they know who you are, Mike, or are they just were just two guys being dicks? They always know who I am, bro. They mad. They mad when I come around because they know who I am. 
<laughs> hey, listen, that's a fucking great story. Yeah. Man, listen, can I, hey, hey, for the record, a lot of these bouncers are jerk-offs, Jimmy. Yeah. I tell you that. I don't like some of these motherfuckers because there's a bunch of them. You ask a question, where's the VIP or whatever, and they, they, they get mouthy. Yeah. I don't like that shit because if it's a one-on-one situation, they're not doing that shit. Now I'm getting amped up like Mike. Hey, they standing there watching you, bro. They got to be mad. <laughs> how would you, and you're laughing, asking them, how much is it? How much are you getting paid to watch me take a leak, basically? Yeah. Hey. Uh-huh. Ah, boy. Oh, that shit. Oh, that's fucking good, man. Well, I mean, listen, man. This is going to be some fucking fight Saturday. Yeah. Night. Co-main uh, event. Um, great main card. Great, uh, great main event. So uh, good luck, Mike. You know we love talking to you, and uh, always. you're always welcome to come on whenever you want. Well, I appreciate y'all for the time, and um, you know, get to tell these fucking idiots to go fuck themselves. I like to, <laughs> I like the the platform to tell them how I really feel. And yes. uh, this, I mean, the world's in a shitty place right now, and everybody fits right in because they're all a bunch of shitty fucking people fitting in a shitty world right now. So. Um, you know, everybody, I know you're going to fucking watch the show on Saturday night. So, fuck you anyways. Bye. <laughs> Later, Thanks, Mike, Mike Perry. It's funny about the bouncers, Matt. Like, Overeem tells the story where, like, six guys had to go to the hospital. What are these bouncers doing? Like, they are they that bad of a judge of character? They don't see Mike's uh, pers- oh, personality and know that he's a problem? You know what, man? What are you doing? You going to fuck with that guy? Up. Why would you fuck with that guy? Sometimes these bounces, they got, there's not just one of them. There's a bunch of them, obviously. So they could just get mouthy, you know? Yeah. And uh, most bounces, I think, are such jerk offs. Not all of them. You know, I I, got a lot of friends that work at clubs and this and that. But uh, I've dealt with so many where I've just like, dude, man, they get mouthy because they know they got a lot of backup that's a call away. You know what I mean? So I think you should always treat people with respect. And uh, when they were, di- and I don't like getting disrespected. So when you get that, even by some guys at the door or some guy, whatever, by the VIP said, whatever it is, like I said, you ask a question, they give you a nasty answer. Hey, keep moving. They say shit like that. It's like, hey, dude. Yeah. Like, dude, you know, if you lock us in a room, you're missing a fucking shoulder. You know that. Right. You know what I mean? All right, let's finish our picks. You know, I'll yeah. tell you, I never seen. I never seen uh, Mike Perry so um, yeah, you know, but you know, let me tell you, I think that Mickey's jujitsu might be a little too much. I think Mickey. I mean, but I mean, Mike Perry. Mike Perry's a savage, you know. Yeah, I, Mickey has to. You, you, it's really it's a very tough fight to pick because they're both so dominant in what makes them good. Whereas as Mickey is so dominant on the ground, I mean, Mike can handle himself, but Mickey is very dominant there. And stand-up wise, you know, I, I mean, Mike could you know, punch a hole through a fucking uh, a wall. And he's a good boxer and, and he's fast. No, and he's it's a smart exciting. fighter. Dude, it's exciting, man. Um, I will pick, uh, and not just because I have friends, but I will, I have to go with Mickey just because typically in those situations, I take, the ground guy I, in, typically in a, in a situation of a guy who is more stand up and more ground, I'll take the ground guy because I think that they're going to get a hold of you at least once or twice. It doesn't always work out that way, but it's like when anybody fights Habib, no matter how good they are at stand up, even a guy like Gaethje, 
Uh, and I know he can wrestle. But Habib is so dominant that I, I would normally go with the guy on the ground. So I would have to go with Mickey. But how long? Now, here's the thing. How long can he avoid getting hit? Uh, not that he can't take a punch, but I mean, Perry hits fucking hard. You know, Perry's a devastating striker. So if Perry catches him, it, it could be a, a, an early night for Mickey. But if Mickey can stay away or shoot and take him down, um, he has a, a, a very good chance. I'm trying to think of how do I see it happening? I know I'm talking in circles. I just don't know. Yeah, listen, I, I, you know, Mike Perry's always got a chance of something vicious and devastating, whether it's an elbow or a knee or just, you know, something savage. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say Mickey gets that takedown. And uh, I'll say, I'll say, uh, part of me is trying to say first round if he gets, if he gets hold of him when he's dry, you know, but then I'm going to say second round is going to be harder to get him down. And then listen, you have to take consideration. I know that, that Mike Perry is not going to be walking in there out of shape, but you know, I mean, how has his camp been? Does he have it? Does he have a camp? I mean, did he have, did he, you know what I'm saying? Who did he train with for this? Not just his girlfriend. Um, I'll say, I'll say Mickey Gal second round submission, rear naked choke, but second round sub Mickey. Here is my penis. Sorry. Here's why I think what Mickey is going to what Jimmy go to the third round. I think I'm going to give it to Mickey in the third round. Um, because I do think that he's going to try to stay away and see if he can't uh, get him when he's a little bit tired uh, uh, into the third round at one point. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Mickey, but I'm going to give it to him in the third round. Well, listen, I'm excited about it. Don't worry if Mike Perry hears it and gets upset. He's upset anyway. You know, he was very irritable, but I mean, we like Mike. And I feel Mike likes us until he hears our picks. But hey, listen, well, I mean, look. You, you hey, we got to do our job. It's not about. We, hey, we got to do our job, Jimmy. I don't make any apologies for shit. It's a very tough then, uh, fight. Yeah. Very tough fight I, to pick. I, I mean, I'm friends with Mickey, so I can't, you know, I wouldn't pick against yeah, my friend. Listen anyway. to me, man. You wouldn't pick against him anyway. He's got a real friend of the show. Like Mike Perry used to be until he hears this. Nah, I'm sure Mike will be fine. Ah, he's got to listen. <laughs> if be it's fine. between us and Errol Hawani, he's going to pick us. Trust I me. I hope so, yeah. You know what I mean? We're not weaselly. But anyway, listen, what else we got? I think we did the the, uh, the picks. You know, Jimmy? What's the rest of your week like, Jimmy? Um, I am literally probably doing nothing. <laughs> You're so funny. Jimmy, I gained a little weight. I told you that. Nah, you look good. Yeah, I don't look, look bad. Good. I don't look bad. But uh, there's some weight on there. I got to get back to rolling, Jimmy. You know? And I will. All right, buddy. Uh, if there's nothing you. else, this is fun, Jimmy. We, we gotta, let's work on our goodbyes. What do you want to do? Matt, have a great weekend. I'm sure I'll talk to you over the weekend. We can text her on the fights. We should. Well, I don't like to let any cats out of the bags because uh, sometimes you're not watching the right time and I give shit up. If yeah, you watch, sometimes I watch on delay. It depends on where I am. Well, this is what I'll do first. I'm going to give you the, one of the texts saying, are you watching? And then I'll go from there. Yep, please do. All right? 
Jimmy, uh, when are the fights? Saturday night. Okay. <laughs> you going to give a proper plug? I guess. No. Oh, come on. It's uh, it's uh, incredible. Uh, Poirier Hooker at the Apex uh, prelims were at five o'clock. Uh, mains at eight. ESPN Plus and ESPN. Um, you know, it's it's an incredible fight. Poirier uh, Hooker, Perry Mickey Gall, and look, that fight could go either way. I mean. If Perry gets a hold of him and, and Perry lands a clean shot early, it could be a very early night for Mickey too. I mean, it might hey, knock anybody out. Um, listen, I'm just always why, more wary of grapplers. Well, that's why we watch the fights, Jimmy. And I can't wait. All right? Listen to me. I miss you already. I miss you you have army. We love you. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, pal. Later, Jimmy Bird. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.